welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. I'm your host, Erin Hallstrom. On today's episode, we're talking with Bill Bessenhofer, CEO and co-founder of The Fresh Factory. This vertically integrated company partners with food and beverage brands, big and small, to help them scale up production of fresh and clean food products. With a mission to accelerate the growth of plant-based foods, the Fresh Factory owns and partners with emerging brands in the plant-based space to develop, manufacture, and sell products made from fresh produce. In this episode, we talk not only about what the Fresh Factory is doing, but also the trends it's seen in the plant-based category. We also talk about how the Fresh Factory uses high-pressure processing on its manufacturing lines. We wrap things up talking about the company's most recent endeavor, its Fresh Start Accelerator program. But before we get into the episode, a word from our friends at the 2022 Digital Food and Beverage Conference. The rise in e-commerce demand and changing consumer behavior have forced food and beverage brands, retailers, grocers, and quick-serve restaurants to adjust to their processes to better relate and build lasting relationships with their new digital customers. Be sure to register for the 2022 Digital Food and Beverage event taking place July 25th and 26th in Austin, Texas. Meet with fellow digital marketing and e-commerce professionals from the industry's most innovative companies. And because you are a Food Processing Food for Thought podcast listener, we have a special promo code for you. DFB22FOOD at foodandbeverage.wbresearch.com for 25% off your pass. Enjoy the episode! Bill, welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. I am so excited to have you on today. Let's first get started by talking about what the Fresh Factory is. Well, thanks, Anne, so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Uh, really, the Fresh Factory, it's, it's a mission-driven platform. Um, and really what we're trying to do is we're really trying to build the infrastructure for the future of the food and beverage industry. Um, and with that being said, really what we focus on is clean label, fresh ingredients, and plant-based products. And so really to that end, um, what we've built here is an integrated platform um, from farm to shelf. And, you know, with our overall goal, really trying to provide honest food for everyone. That's really exciting, especially now. So I'm curious, as are our listeners, I'm sure, what kinds of food and beverage companies do you work with? Man, we work with a multitude of companies. I think the platform that we've built, um, which starts basically from, like I mentioned, from the farm um, all the way to the shelf, is within our innovation process um, with our food scientists. So we might um, we work with companies that could be a lot of emerging brands. Um, you know, just last year alone, 20,000 new emerging brands have come out, and they need a place to go, and they need a place to have somebody that allows them to get to market much quicker than what they would have in the past and the legacy infrastructure that's in place within the food industry. And so we work with a lot of emerging brands, but from there, we also work with a lot of large companies, you know, publicly traded companies, who unfortunately it takes them a lot of time to get uh, products into market, especially in this new era of where everything is 
clean labeled or plant-based or, or fresh ingredients, which is really where the market's going. I know you mentioned your mission is uh, focused on plant-based products. Talk to me more about why you're focused on plant-based. And a follow-up to that, is that the only product category you help with? Yeah, you know, for us, um, it really starts with just eating cleanly, quite, quite frankly. And, and within that is fresh ingredients and plant-based. You know, six, seven years ago, um, when we kind of went on this journey here to start this company, um, we really believed that uh, the clean label uh, and the plant-based was, was where the market was going. And quite honestly, it was, a, it was better for you. And so um, we work with multitudes of categories within that space uh, because we really feel like that's, that's what the consumer is looking for nowadays. And that's the millennials, et cetera. Um, we're all looking at the backs of our labels to understand what's inside uh, the products that we're eating. We want to know where our food's coming from. And so we've, uh, we really kind of like basically just dug into that and really focused in on some of those, um, you know, new emerging brands as they've kind of come into the marketplace uh, as plant-based has continued to grow. Um, and unfortunately, you know, right now, so to speak, um, the sentiment's a little bit down on the industry in a sense from the plant-based perspective, but uh, the reality is, is it's not really going to go anywhere. And that's, you know, you can see that attributed to, you know, McDonald's uh, and, and Kentucky Fried uh, Chicken who really have put like these alternatives out there at like mass scale. And it just continues to keep growing, you know, year over year. It's interesting what you bring up about the generations. I didn't even think about it that way or in that realm of how generations would be um, kind of driving this, which I can't believe that I'm not figuring that out because it seems like that's all we've <laughs> written um, about or talked about is, you know, your millennial uh, versus boomer um, aspects to why we produce the foods we do. So that's, yeah, I, the generational aspects, um, definitely, definitely a big one. Um, might circle back to that one. Yeah, just to, just to hop in on that, you know, it's interesting because it's not even, not even from the millennial perspective that you start to go further down the chain and you start to look at, uh, you know, the kids that are in college. You know, when they start spending more money on, you know, healthier, better-for-you products than they do some of the other things that are out there, you realize, like, that's how they're growing up, and that really isn't necessarily going to change. You know what I mean? And so – you know, I think that's the demand of the marketplace, and I think the trend where it's going. And um, we want to be able to help provide and, and grow that that uh, that space. Yeah, I know something that I've noticed more recently, and it's hard to separate like me as a consumer and my how I view things versus the the greater consumer group, but the younger generations definitely focused on the transparency of where their ingredients mm -hmm. are coming from or, you know, yeah. is the company doing things for good or where, you know, where did the grain come from um, that's going into my food product or my beverage product? Um, so, yeah, that just that transparency, I don't, I'd be curious um, to see how, different food companies kind of take on that how much transparency are we willing to be transparent with? It's kind of a meta way of looking at it, but. 
No, for sure, and that's and that's exactly what and who we are. Which, when I say like honest food for all, we have nothing to hide. The products we make, there's nothing to hide. We want you to know what you're putting in your body, you know. And that just kind of gets to like traceability, right? I mean, we look at traceability in the food industry. It's got to continue to grow. There's obviously been outbreaks and things like that from a salmonella perspective. And really, we have to understand where our food comes from because at the end of the day, it is the consumer who wants to know that, but we should want to know that, right? I mean, we don't need to be behind closed doors, behind a screen, throwing in all these preservatives and things like that without the end consumer knowing that. And so for us, from our perspective, if you've got clean labeled food, plant-based food, really there's nothing to hide because what you see is what you're getting. From your point of view, how is the plant-based category looking? Do you see more or fewer products coming online in 2022? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, a quick little stat here, you know, in, in 2020, 57% of all U.S. households purchased plant-based foods. That's over 71 million households, and that's up from 53% in 2019. I don't see it changing. I don't see it plateauing. I actually still see it continuing to grow. And, and I'm kind of like I mentioned a little bit before, when you start to find large companies, McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, Disney World, Disney in general, when they start to offer these alternatives um, as, as, a, as a food source for, for consumers, that's not going to stop. Um, you know, it might slow down a little bit as we start to see it. You know, we start to hear, again, see the market, so to speak. But the amount of plant-based foods that we see on a daily basis is pretty astronomical. And it, it, it's just not ending. And, you know, I think what maybe started out eight to ten years ago as a buzzword is really becoming something that is commonplace where it's that's the expectation and that's what the market is looking for and so you know from our perspective you know I, I think that over this year in general um, you know it could be uh, uh, it's going to continue to grow percentages wise but specifically even for ourselves you know we've got actually uh, a flagship brand um, that we have ownership in called Field and Farmer and, uh, you know, I can tell you right now, you know, we've got some ranch and queso dip that's plant-based that uh, is already taking off. And I can tell you that, um, again, when you start to see these large, large companies dedicating lines, dedicating uh, resources to um, actual putting, actually putting out um, product for the consumer, I just it, – it doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon or slowing down. You work with high-pressure processing. Are you seeing more products come online using HPP? You know, I, I think that, you know, it's interesting because, you know, HPP has been around for quite some time, right? It's a technology that's been in, the, in the, uh, the food industry for quite some time, specifically the meat industry. And, you know, for us, because we work with high-pressure processing, I, the answer to that would be yes, because we see it continuing to grow. Um, excuse me, and we see it from the perspective of a lot of emerging brands. Again, because a lot of the emerging brands that are coming into the space, they're looking for that, that healthy, fresh product. And so, you know, when, you know, you get to HPP, the reality is, is that with HPP, there's so many positives that you can get from it that um, in the fresh space, where again, it's healthier, cleaner for you, um, it gives you like extended shelf life which, again, makes that food fresher. Um, it's, you know, not heated, right? And that technology for HPP, it's not heated. It's water pressure at 87, 85, 86,000 PSI. 
Um, and when you do that using HPP, you're retaining the majority of your nutrients as opposed to when you heat something where you lose the majority of the nutrients that are in there. And then the taste profile is just different, right? If you're doing something that's, that's cooked, you're getting a cooked taste. With HPP, that's less of it. You're, again, it's more of a fresher taste. You, that's why the fresher ingredients, um, you're getting that clean, fresh taste to it. And really, you know, with HPP, it extends the shelf life of the fresh product. And as we just talked about, if the industry is continuing to move towards this fresh and clean um, and, uh, products, there's got to be a technology that's able to sustain and be able to, to, to make that. That's HPP. So, you know, we utilize that quite often because, again, the majority of our customers do come to us with that, um, you know, fresh ingredient product. From your perspective, why the appeal for HPP? Yeah, so, I mean, really the appeal for HPP is it's, it's, it's a fresher tasting product for you. Um, and, you know, again, uh, I'll give an example. Um, you know, you could use the juice industry, for example, where you could pasteurize your orange juice. And then when you pasteurize your orange juice, you're probably losing roughly about 80% of the nutrients that are in there. Um, as opposed to if you were to HPP that product, you actually retain 80% of it. Now, you extend shelf life with an HPP for probably anywhere from 60 to 120 days, um, but you'll maintain that fresh taste of it. If you go and pasteurize something like that from the juice perspective, you actually will lose, you know, 80% of the nutrients. Now, it can stay on shelf for a year or longer, but it's just not going to have that same fresh taste. And so, you know, the appeal to it is, again, you're getting a fresher product, that tastes fresher as opposed to a cooked product. Let's deviate from HPP to talking about capabilities. Walk me through what the capabilities are at your facility. So again, we do a multitude of things. Um, we've really built a platform um, that allows us to be extremely flexible, and that flexibility allows us to do a multitude of different product categories as well as a, a different packaging. So we could do things um, and fill things in a bottle or a jar. Uh, we could fill them in cups or tubs, as well as we can do large uh, food service pouches. And <clears throat> that's just what we can fill it in. But there's ways of being able to, again, you know, pasteurize or make it food safe. Uh, one of those ways is, is HPP. Um, but other ways are is we can just go through the cold process filling as well as hot fill and then uh, acidification. And so um, we do do a good chunk of, of hot filling, um, uh, clean, fresh product, and so uh, a better-for-you product. And that kind of ranges all the way from uh, the types of food, which is uh, we, could do, we do baby food, we do hummuses, we do dips, uh, uh, vegan yogurts, uh, vegan mayo, salad dressing, cold-pressed juices, uh, teas, uh, smoothies, coffees. So we really do a lot of different things in our facility, which I will say our facility is an FQF, formerly Level 3 facility, which is the highest form of food safety that you can have within the food industry. I noticed on your website you also talk about working with capital partners, incubators, and accelerators. Can you talk to me more about how you work with them? Yeah, sure. So we, uh, which very shortly here will be announced publicly, um, that we ourselves are uh, going to be starting uh, an incubator. 
um, accelerator called Fresh Start. And with Fresh Start, um, it's really a we'll, – we'll be picking uh, two to three companies um, that we will work with that will go through a 12-week program, basically from start to finish, so to speak, that they will have a, they'll have a product in place. Um, and we will work with them uh, all the way through you know, their own um, product themselves of commercialization, all the way through the supply chain to manufacturing to finished fulfillment um, to helping them with potential sales and marketing and understanding that. Um, and really, we work with uh, some of these financial capital partners to help these new emerging brands get off the ground and really get moving. Because as they start to come to market, it, it obviously can be, uh, uh, needless to say, overwhelming. Um, but with our expertise in-house, um, we're really able to kind of take them underneath our wing and then help them to grow and to get to market you know, quickly and, and hopefully help them get on shelf and, and be successful. Have you noticed any trends with who's coming to you with, from those incubators and accelerators or outside of the Fresh Factory incubator that you're going to be launching? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, what we're tending to see um, are look, the, the, some of the things that are coming our way are, are new to the industry. These are really the products that are at the forefront that are really changing the game. Um, you know, I'm trying to think without being able to say exactly what they are, but uh, they are definitely game changers uh, that are coming to the industry. But it, it, in a whole, it really is, uh, you know, clean label and better for you products. And quite frankly, in some cases, um, there's some things that have been out there for many, many years, products that have been out there for many years that are now becoming cleaner because of, of our expertise and technology that's out there, which allows us to take some of these products, again, that aren't as healthy for you or as, as, as well for you, that we're able to, to clean up and make them better for you. All right, last question for you. If our listeners wanted to learn more about the Fresh Factory, how should they go about doing so? If there's anybody that's out there that's interested in, in getting in contact with us, I'd ask that they please reach out to our email address. That is info, I-N-F-O, at thefreshfactory.co, and we will have someone back in touch within 24 hours. All right. Well, Bill, thank you so much for being on this episode of the Food for Thought podcast. everyone listening to the Food for Thought podcast today, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.